It's so funny, every time I tell people from America I'm from Canada, especially on stage, immediately, hey, how's it going, Harry? You want a war? Or do you want to just give me a war? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. This is the Pro Shooting Masala Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode eight. Um, Prosciutto Masala, it's been a while. I apologize. Things have uh, been a bit crazy, and you know how life gets. So, um, anyways, we're back now. Uh, I have a good friend on today with us, uh, Emmanuel Oshahan, a friend and uh, trader. Uh, welcome, Manny. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I am yeah. excited. Uh, and yeah, happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, you too, man. You too. There's like probably five listeners to this thing. So we're hoping to grow this podcast so that uh, you know we get we get a bit more more uh, traction. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you could uh, be a part of it. And we're glad we could finally do this. Awesome. Awesome. Six, well, six. It takes you. You got you to gotta build it from the ground up, right? <laughs> for sure. For so, sure. Well, tell, that's, that's a good like kind of segue, I think, into tell a little bit about, I guess, first, like, your experience and your a little bit of your, um, I guess, uh, career lineage, how you kind of started in, if correct me if I'm on personal training, then you kind of got into training. So I think how, um, or trading, excuse me, I think that's kind of interesting for people to, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, my story is, uh, is, is I, I, sometimes I like to say it's, it's nothing special, but you know, I, I did, uh, and I'm one of the, the people that like to go after what they like, you know, what, what my heart feels, you know, mm-hmm. what my heart feels. And, you know, I come from a country, I come from Nigeria where, you know, there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, you don't exactly have a, a means to, to get to the life or have the experiences that you want. Uh, so I came here when I was like 14 and, you know, I think living in a place like that, it kind of like instilled a lot of like, okay, desire to become, do a little bit more. And I saw like, you know, coming to Canada as a, as a huge opportunity. So I came mm-hmm. here, you know, essentially as an immigrant um, and, you know, from like 15 started like working different jobs. And uh, I think my first job was a no frills or whatever. And then, you know, moved out when I was 18 for school. And uh, yeah, like I, I did like police foundations and uh, yeah, that was, that was, kind of like the start when I finished that I didn't exactly want to continue like my education with like college because mm-hmm. you know like the one thing I always say is if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree the fish will always live their life believing that they are you know like stupid inferior so, yeah well you know, said that's me, a good saying yeah yeah <laughs> so for me you know I know I am not the the most academically gifted person uh but that's uh and for a long time, I saw it as a disadvantage, but that's because I didn't know, you know, my other capabilities. So mm-hmm. after school, you know, I was paying for my college and all living on my own at like 18, 19. And I just didn't want to continue like, you know, going down a path that I I just didn't feel was right for me. So mm-hmm. fortunately enough, I, I met a dude, <laughs> you know, when I was uh, at, a, at like bouncing at a nightclub uh, and he's like, yeah, dude, like. And we talked a few times, you know, seen him come in uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I trade currencies. You know, we started talking one day and he's like, yeah, I could show you how to trade, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's something that you're interested in. And it was so 
excited because at that point in time, I had taken the year off from school because, you know, I was going to go into criminal justice and and see what what was next uh, for me out there. But I also knew I didn't want to do that. So taking the year off was kind of like giving myself you know the opportunity to explore and see, you know, what I can do. And when the opportunity came, the guy told me I was like, I, I, I kind of felt it in my heart that like, OK, you know, this is worth worth the try. This was before it blew up on social media. A lot of people knew, you know, about what crypto was or what forex mm-hmm. trading was. Like at that time, you didn't look at your Instagram and saw like forex traders. All you know, the Lambos all the, and all the people. All the, uh, all the Lambos <laughs> and all of those things. So I'd say I came from an era just before that. And um, yeah, the guy, the guy, funny enough, the guy told me uh, that like I, I was I was going home that night and he, he texted me. He's like, dude, if you're interested, you know, like come by my place in the morning. And mm-hmm. he came and he picked me up at like six in the morning. I just finished like a like a late night shift, like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, picked me up, went over to his house and he just she showed me his whole setup. Uh, it looked like Chinese, you know, when I was looking at the screen, the charts yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I just I was just excited. You know, I was just excited to. Um, to learn something different, and it was an opportunity for me to uh, to to make some make something of myself. That's how I took it, and that was kind of how I got started into it. And you know, I I, I started off, and uh, like the journey with like beginner's luck, you know, which is always how a lot of people start into it. You know, like you you make you know like a thousand dollars, first thousand dollars in the trade, you know, mm-hmm. as a beginner. And in the alchemist, they call that uh, 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 the omens, you know, like good, good omen. The reason why okay. uh, the, the, it happens is because the, the universe wants you to realize your, your dream or your goal. So you start out, you know, like good, but the journey, the greatness, you know, wasn't all that great, <laughs> you know, because you're going to have pitfalls. So I've been doing it now for like seven years. I quit my job uh, at like when I was like 2009 Mm -hmm. to do it full time and you know like i've never really like been employed by anyone like since you know like just been you know like doing just been doing that and it's provided me uh you know with a with a lifestyle that i'm grateful for uh things you know like you there's always things that you can always work on and things that you're always working to improve Uh but yes that's that's it so on the day-to-day you know trading um and, you know, I, I am also the founder of Live Free Effects, uh, which is a online platform where, you know, people, if you're coming into uh, the market, the currency market, you're looking to learn, you know, we have beginner courses, which we're actually giving, you know, for free uh, right now, nice. uh, a beginner course that will kind of get you started. And then we have other um, advanced um, uh, courses, technical course that will teach you the uh, basics of just like you know, like trading as well as like if you're a little more advanced, you know, some advanced stuff uh, as well, which is some of the things that I use on a day to day when I interact with the market. One of the or, or more, um, at least for me, it's not a most expensive course at all, um, but it is the psychology course. And I think that when you are trading uh, in my years uh, as trading going to eight years now, uh, the psychological component is perhaps one of the most important aspect of trading. And that's what our brand is all about. That's what I'm all about. Um, because, you know, that was one of the biggest, um, 
you know, pitfalls for me in my journey. Uh, yeah, I want to so. talk to you about that in a sec because I think it's super fascinating. I think a lot of people, like myself included, like a dabble in like, you know, just investing in basic index funds or just putting in kind of safe things and just buying a stock and holding on it. But I think there's a whole other side of it, especially if like for you, somebody that does it full time, that you need to master the psychology of it. Because we were talking on site, I know, um, last time how um, the, about revenge trading. And I want to get your kind of mm -hmm. input on that and explain that because I, mm -hmm. I think it's so fascinating because you, you know that, you know, I think we all do that even in regular life, like whether it's like, okay, we, you know, we have a bad uh, a dinner on Christmas, we have lots of junk food and lots of uh, carbs or whatever. And then we go try to punish ourselves even more in the gym the next day. And sometimes that's even worse because then you end up, you know, killing yourself in the gym, then you don't want to go back mm -hmm. to the gym. And it's, it's kind of about being slow and steady. So I think, um, I think that seems to me like what kind of psychological trading is, is kind of about, but what I want to ask you first is, is just going back to, uh, like some of the trials and tribulations you probably had, um, going full-time. Cause I know for me, I like the first couple of years for me in business was, was tough. Right. And I think there's a lot yeah. of people on social media that's like, Oh, you know what? I started my own business. I I'm, I'm hustling, I'm grinding They're They're showing pictures next to cars and fancy nightlife. And, I don't think enough people talk about the reality of the situation. When you're starting your own hustle, it's not all Lambos and Rolexes. You know what I mean? It's not even that now for me. So I mm. think it's, I'm curious to know your kind of journey. Like I imagine the first probably little while was a little bit scary. I know it was for me. So I'm curious, was it something that you kind of jumped in full steam and just kind of uh, put everything on the table? You kind of dabbled a little bit in trading while you had your, your full-time gig, or I'm curious to hear a bit about your kind of a lineage. Um, so that, that's a, that's a very great question, Rob. Uh, thank you for that. Um, the, the, to answer that question, you know, it's something I said before, a lot of people want greatness and, you know, they want to see greatness in your craft. They want to see greatness in your business, but the, the road to greatness is not that great. You know, otherwise there wouldn't be trials mm -hmm. and tribulations, right? So um, when you start something, it's not always that good. Like maybe the first initial, you know, start, you might get like beginner's luck, which which I mentioned. But when I first started, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. So you know, even with me, you know, with my brand, I'm very um, aware of the message that I put out there when it comes to trading because I know um, it's a craft. And any craft requires a certain level of mastery. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you're not going to, I'm not going to come into your line of business, Rob, and say, you know what, I have 100,000. I don't have, you know, the necessary skills that you've developed over the, the last couple of years. Um, you know, the clientele that you have, the, the, the relationships that you've built and say, I'm going to put $100,000 into a, a contracting business and 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 boom let's go mm -hmm. let's go do that without any prior knowledge or any relationship formed mm -hmm. unfortunately when you take a look at the market whether it's crypto stock market the currency market that's what a lot of people do mm -hmm. you know and the reason why that is is because of you know like uh, youtube social media you know make it look like it's easy but when i first started um there wasn't a whole lot of people on instagram who i looked up to maybe there was like one or two uh, and it just for like motivational purposes, but, uh, for my journey in particular, it was, uh, it was, it was brutal because I would, I had my job, you know, like my part-time job, 
uh, or like I have full time jobs that I was, you know, working. I was doing security and doing like balancing at night. You know, I had a decent amount of money coming in. But while I was learning the craft of trading, I like I wasn't making a whole lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like that's your pain you do. You're paying you're you're paying the what the price for what it takes. So when I talk to a lot of people now who are coming into the 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 the, the, the to they want to be a trader, it's you have to give yourself a grace period. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to give yourself a grace period. Mind you, for me, I was very determined to make it as a trader. Like, and it, it kind of helped me. Um, build a lot of discipline, you know, and a lot of resilience because it was something I actually wanted. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't just look at it as like a means to, you know, make money and whatnot. Like it's okay to do it for money. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I do it for money because if you're not doing it for money, what's the freaking point? Of course, you gotta survive. You gotta survive, right? So like, but there was some aspect of passion. There was probably a lot of passion because I remember when I first started trading at the time, you know, my, my lady, her and I, we just met, um, well, we didn't just meet, but we were starting to get serious. And, uh, she was like, oh, um, it's, it's either like you spend a lot of time, like, you know, you work a 12 hour shift, you got to go to the club. And when you come back between those like two jobs, Mm -hmm. you're on the charts, you know, what time are you spending with me? Yeah. And I was living in a $500 apartment at the time, uh, like one bedroom shared, you know, with like four other people in, in the house. So yeah. it wasn't as comfortable uh, living um, as, 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 as now. But the, the irony of, of that was like, I, I kind of like just told her, I'm like, hey, listen, like it's either me, it's either this, you know, like or, or nothing. Like you're not going to make me choose between a goal of mine or, you know, like you. Yeah. Because Otherwise like, there's, there's resentment, you know, that if you don't feel like you're following your passion and your goals in life, there's going to be resentment later. And probably it's a tough conversation to have, but it's probably a tougher one if you not have. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and quickly, you know, she got the hint that like, Hey, listen, it's not going to be, you know, me or this, or it's like, this is something that contributes to my life. And, um, and when I am happy, I can give more, you know, to you. So, uh, so yeah, like the journey wasn't easy. I I struggled for three years, I would save up money and have a good run. And then, you know, like sometimes either it would like, you know, I'd make, you know, a couple grand and then just like, you know, like lose it. And that Mm -hmm. was the most devastating period where it's like you're trying you're putting in a lot of work but you know you're not necessarily seeing the results um that you you know you've put in and all the like times that you spend and so it gets frustrating but what i started to do during that time period that changed my life for probably forever was because it was such a tough process and it was so tough mentally i started to unknowingly develop myself, my resilience, my, um, my skills, you know, outside of trading by listening to personal development. You know, I started listening to speakers like Les Brown, 
Um, you shoot for the moon. If you miss, you will be among the stars. Uh, Jim Rohn, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, uh, guys like um, you read books, you know, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Victor Frankl, uh, and book, just yeah. a great book, mm -hmm. and started diving really into like the whole concept of personal development because you know the the battle. I didn't want to like the battle with the markets. It was just it was too brutal. Like you know, like I was, uh, it, it it was it was it was painful. Like that was that was the thing. Like taking those losses with hard earned money was was very painful, and. Mm -hmm. What I started to do was just like, okay, focus on, you know, personal development, meditation, all of these things. And before I knew it, you know, they started, it started to have a positive impact in my life and in my performance because I had a better day-to-day -day routine, right? And that's the one thing with trading is beyond it being a craft, if you do anything to like, I mean, almost the highest level that you can possibly do it, there mm -hmm. will always be some changes that will have, it will have on you. You know, like it's, uh, there, there was a part, I don't know if you've read The Alchemist, uh, but oh, yeah, he, he was saying that, he was saying that, you know, certain alchemists would lock themselves in the laboratory to uh, figure out how to turn, um, you know, metal into gold. And what they realized is you know with being there and trying to turn metal into gold is that uh, certain parts of themselves you know like faded away and they became you know like they 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 became better they achieved you know like with like your masterwork mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's with anything with the craft so for me it was it was tough um, I did it the hard way but I never really gave up you know with each loss I took I figured out a way to come back and I kept going and kept going until probably like three years into my trading uh, career where I was like, okay, you know what? I don't like working for people anymore. Mm -hmm. I've been getting some pretty decent results in terms of like trading. My performance had been going up and, uh, and it gave me a little bit more confidence to say, okay, let me step out of like the nine to five let's let's take a step out of this and see you know what i can do and at the time i just had my daughter you know like she was mm -hmm. uh she was uh she's three years old now at the time it was uh it was very very scary it's like how are you gonna quit your your job your security you know when sure. you have another mouth to feed now so mm -hmm. it was almost like seen for like to some people like as a as a reckless behavior but I think that's the one thing a lot of people face in life is the older you get, the more responsibility you get, and it becomes harder to listen to your heart and For listen sure. to the voice, you know, inside of yeah. you that is telling you, you know, what to do, you know, like how to, like to, to how, how, how to make yourself happy by living the life that you really want to live, not the life that society is pressured you to, to, to live. So, yeah. you know, and I took I that step. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, I think a lot of like back to what I was saying about like, you know, what what's portrayed on social media about business and about, you know, doing your own thing. I think like, a, a, again, it's all people focus too much, I think, on the ups and don't talk enough about the struggles like of starting the business. And for me, I went through a similar sure. thing where I was like, honestly, probably for the first couple of years, I'm like, shit, I'm like, you know, could, should I keep doing this? Should I not do this? Um, I was kind of in between when I, when I left my job at the newspaper, 
to like mm. um, where I was kind of, you know, dabbling in website development. I was selling websites to old clients and then kind of starting nice. the, the handyman rental stuff. And then, you know, I had a few conversations with myself. Where I'm like, shit, should I really be doing this? But for me, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I like, even if I'm making, I, I said to myself, I go, what's the worst that can happen? Even if I'm making $20,000 a year, I'm doing it on my mm. own terms. I'm doing it mm. for myself. I get to make my own schedule. Mm. And it's, it's not for mm. everybody. But I think the, the biggest thing for me is if you keep, if you really feel in your heart, if you want to, if you should, if you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, you keep pushing, you're mm. going to get to a point where it's like, you know what, the first two, three years, that hard work pays off. And then I find just like the business just kind of explodes. I know if that was similar for you, but for me, it was like, okay, the first three years, kind of nothing happening. I felt making a little bit of money here and there living paycheck to paycheck or my like, shit, the mortgage is due. Am I going to have enough money to pay it? And then all of a sudden, like it just kind of boom takes off. And it's like the culmination mm. of, I think like a bunch of things. It's hard to pinpoint, but I think for me, it was like, you know, people uh, referring me to other people, my, my Google ranking growing, um, you know, doing more advertising, you know, word of mouth, all that kind of stuff. And then it kind of just takes off. And for me, it was like so motivating when you're finding like, okay, you know what, this is working. Um, I know for me, like one of my very first sales that I got, like somebody's like, oh man, somebody's going to pay me $500 to do, do put up a couple pictures for them. This is great. So I don't know if it was a similar thing for you where you had a kind of a, like an aha pivotal moment where like, you know what, I can do this and this is kind of working. For sure. Um, yeah, like absolutely. I did. I think, you know, the, uh, I'll give, a, I'll give an analogy later, but, um, the, the, I'll say now, the, the, I don't know if you know, you're familiar with the story of the uh, Chinese bamboo tree. Uh, I'm not, no. Okay, so the Chinese bamboo tree, obviously, is a Chinese bamboo tree. So it's found in, in China. I'm sure maybe you might ha have it in, in certain places here. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole concept of it is, you know, you plant the, the, the bamboo and you have to water it for, I believe... What is it? Is it? It's you have to water it for. Like, to be consistent. Years. Yeah, yeah. You have to be consistent with it. I, I want to give this like the specifics. Either like five years or something. Okay. Right? Or like three years. So it's it's not just a short period of time. You have to water it for an extend extended period, like a long time. But what happened after I believe either the fifth year, um, and it doesn't grow at all. So you're going, you're going out every day watering this this bamboo. Your neighbor mm -hmm. is probably looking at you like, "Hey, you know, is this guy is this guy crazy? You know, this bamboo hasn't grown at all in an inch." The people around you are gonna be like, "Why are you doing it? Like, just stop, mm -hmm. right?" And on the fifth year, it grows ninety feet tall wow. in a span of like three three days or, or like three days or like three weeks or so either way mm -hmm. short period of time to grow that you know that kind of height yeah. and the question is did it take five years or um week, you know or like or a couple weeks yeah, to, yeah. to grow right and the answer is five years because all the efforts that you've been putting into it you know has kind of like just exploded and that's kind of what I always remember that story in, in my journey because, um, funny enough, when I was working security, as I started to get into personal development, I um, I remember I put in, I, I, I took a, a piece of paper and I wrote down in my, um, in my, uh, in my wallet and I kind of kept it with me as I would do my patrols and all that stuff. And the paper was like, I'm a, 
uh, I'm a successful full-time trader. Um, and, uh, you know, by like, I think July of 2019. So I've written this like maybe like two years prior mm -hmm. to that. Um, and in September I had my daughter and I, at that point I had already been thinking of like, man, I need to, I need to, I need to quit. I need to start working for myself. Uh, but I need capital. So I put like, you know, took like money that like I had around and like saved a lot of money like that year. And, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I have money saved for, you know, my living, my family living for at least a couple of months. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have capital that I'm going to be, you know, putting in the marketplace. And, you know, that is kind of like when you take a jump at something that you are passionate about, that's something that you you feel connected to it. Like you take that leap, your, your wings might not open initially, but at some point in time, you know, like they will open and you start flying, but you have to jump first. So mm -hmm. that was just kind of what I did. I took the, the leap of faith. And as I literally made the decision to take that leap of faith and was going to be doing it, I felt like, at peace, you know, mm -hmm. with myself. And that's one of the ways where I know right now if I'm struggling with make, maybe making a decision, like even in business or anything, it's like, how do I feel with this decision? And to me, it doesn't matter whether it's the right or wrong decision. If it feels, if it's something that like, I feel like, okay, you know, this right now with what I know, it feels right. It feels mm -hmm. like the right thing to do. I'll make the decision. If it turns out it's not the right thing to do, that's okay. You deal with the consequences. But that decision felt, you know, just bliss. And, you know, a couple, like, weeks later, um, I, you know, I was talking to a, to a friend about it. And this is, you know, what I was going to do. And he was, a, he was a stock trader at the time. And, you know, he was more liquid than i was mm -hmm. yeah. you know so he was also much much older than i was as mm -hmm. well and uh he's like yeah man that's that's a good that's a good thing you know how about you know why don't we like kind of like team up and um and and see what we can do you know like let's let's get some work you know let's let's mm -hmm. let's do let's do some stuff if you're serious about it and prior to that i'd given him some like tips on like or some like trades uh, where he had like make made some like substantial like amount of some money because he was very liquid but yeah. i did it like nonchalantly just because it's just like yeah just do this buy here actually ended up play i placed a trade you know for uh for him at the time and i didn't think nothing of it because I, I didn't know if he was actually doing it with like real money or not i just like gotcha. he asked and i just showed him i told him boom and next thing i know the guy's like, hey, listen, it's like we're going to be, you know, like going with like 250, like thousand. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, what, like, what do you mean? Like in terms of like capital, like, like, it's like, like, it's like, yeah, like I, I, I believe in your skills. I believe in, you know, what you're, you know, what you're doing. And hey, let's let's take a jump. And that's awesome. Yeah. So literally, um that was kind of in the works and I wasn't sure how well that would happen. Uh, so either way, I just, you know, quit my job, went to Peru, uh, clear my head um, and, you know, was preparing myself for when I come back to really just like dive into the craft of trading and, and all that stuff. So, uh, which That's was well, the plan. And when I, and when I came back, 
you know, like the everything came through. I had more money than I had, you know, initially planned for, you know, because I took that leap of faith and, you know, someone saw the passion, you know, that I had in, in, in my eyes and, and, and that was it. Like it's, I was literally making that year <laughs> that it was like November and mm-hmm. I closed the year with, you know, more money than I had made from both my jobs, you That's know, amazing. like that entire year on like, on like a trade. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was actually ridiculous. So it's empowering so, yeah. right? when you, when you try and you try, like, I know for me, probably similar, even though we're a little bit different industries, it's, I think similar mindsets. And that's why for me, I love talking to other people that have their own thing going, whether it's even just a side hustle for time, full-time thing, because yeah. I think it's so hard enough as small business owners or, you know, or self-employed people to kind of make it on your own. And there's a lot Absolutely. of big businesses that sometimes we got to compete against. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I love just, just shooting the shit and talking and, and brainstorming with other people, like-minded people that have their own thing going because it, it's, it's tough to do it alone. Right. So there's so much, even what you're saying now, strategies, and I think mindsets that people can apply to regardless of what business they're in. Right. And I think for me, um, just hearing you talk, one of the main things for me that made me want to take the jump because it is scary, right? Like for me to kind of just leave, I kind of was in a position where I lost my job and then I Mm. kind of was forced to figure it out. I probably, if I'm being realistic with myself, I probably wouldn't have left my stable job in advertising if I hadn't have Mm. been let go. Because like you said, it's Mm. tough when you got a steady income and you know, at the time I had no kids, I still have no kids, but um, I didn't have, you know, any really major responsibilities, um, we had a house that, that my mother and I bought that we had to kind of like pay for the mortgage, but it, I was pretty, I, 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 there wasn't too much risk. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but I think for me, I've always thought about there's, there's one, there's a couple big things, whenever I'm like scared to do something that I really want to do. I, there's a mm-hmm. couple things that I remember from a couple different books. And one is, um, one is from Tim Ferriss where he essentially talks about, um, looking back when you're on your deathbed, and I know a lot of people think about this, but really putting yourself uh, in, in, in the mental state of your own self in the future, when you're 90 years old, say in a hospital bed, and, and you maybe have a month or two to live, like, are you going to regret doing what you want to do? Or are you going to regret not doing it? And most of the time, I think if people ask themselves that they're going to regret not doing that, right? And I think that's just the biggest, one of the biggest pains to have in life. I know talking to my mother, even she, she was a librarian. She, she graduated um, and retired a few years ago now. And she always talks about, she, she had a, had a fun uh, at her job, but she always regrets not kind of going and pursuing. She always wanted to pursue a career in like broadcast journalism, uh, mm. but she didn't cause she was scared cause she got discouraged because she's like, all oh, people, you need a certain look and a certain voice. But she always tells me as I get older, like that's one of her biggest regrets, not just trying and not just swinging for the fences and trying. I think that mm. as, as young people, like, What's the worst thing that could happen? This goes into like the second thing that I I, I was kind of telling myself is like people have uh, Tim Ferriss talks in his in his book and if you read it called the Four Hour Work Week, it's an older book. No, no, I haven't read it. Yet. A really good book. I think you'd like it. It's it's it was like big like maybe like seven eight years ago. But there's a lot of good principles on just kind of running a business. And one of them is um, he talks about if you're getting started. Uh, instead of doing goal setting, where a lot of people set goals from themselves, doing what's called fear setting. And I found for, for me, that was really useful. And fear setting is basically um, writing out your worst fears uh, reg- mm. in relation to the business. So saying, okay, if I start this business, 
what's the what's the and, and you break it down in a few topics. One is what's the worst that could happen, and what's mm. what's most likely to happen. So I could be living on the street. I could be dead broke. I can go into debt. Whatever it is. And then, you know, what's likely to happen if I do it? He's like, am I really going to live on the street? Like, I'm lucky enough that I'm a second generation Canadian. You know, my parents came here. My grandparents, uh, or sorry, my, my parents were born here. My grandparents came. If worst case scenario, I tried the business and it didn't work out. I could always go live at home with my mom. Or I could go always go live mm. with my grandparents. Or I could live with my father. I got some avenues. So I'm not going to be like, it's not like we're living like, you know, in a third world country where I got to worry about li- literally like food on my plate. I would have food on my plate. I'd have a place to live. And so it's not that bad. And when you go through that, like for me, I actually wrote it down, took an hour or two, wrote it down and went through those fears. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's really not that bad. So what am I scared of, of starting? And I think if a lot of people do that, whether they're trying to start a business part-time or they want to jump into it full-time, I think, especially as Canadians, like we live in like, I think one of the best countries in the world. You have people from all over. Like, like if you, if you, we went back three, 400 years ago, man, it's very unlikely that, even me and you would would even met each other because our ancestors are from different countries, right? And I think that's Absolutely. so cool about Canada is that you got people from all different parts of the world that come together trying to make it better for their for their family and their life. And uh, when you come down to it, like really, like it's 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 not that scary once you get in. It's obviously scary at first, but when you when you get into it and you kind of start something, whether it's like I said, a side hustle, do something full time. And you just keep doing it. For me, it's like one of the best feelings in the world to kind of just, like you said, that bamboo tree story where you're you're watering for years and years. You're like, shit, is anything happening? And then finally, you see this tree sprout up. And I think uh, a big part of it, um, and probably similar to like the trading psychology, is like just being persistent. And and if you feel like you are meant to be doing what you're meant to be doing, just like keep keep with it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that like you you nailed it. it you know everything that you're saying right now it, it hits it hits home because it, it it's it, it's working being an entrepreneur is not easy. You know, like the rewards are beautiful. The rewards the rewards are amazing, but you know, like I think the rewards is what makes a lot of people attracted to the mm-hmm. uh, to the whole concept of you know being a trader, working for yourself, starting a business, being a business owner. You know, but like the 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 work that goes behind it, you need you're gonna need grit. You're gonna need grit. You're gonna need determination for sure. And um, in regards to the four hour work week, week that you you said, or like the the book in regards to like the fear, writing out your mm-hmm. fears rather than goal setting, that's actually an approach that I took because when I wanted to, um, I I got to a point where, um, in, in my journey, I'm now full time trading. And making the money or like some of the money is that like, <laughs> so some of the, some of the, the trades that I had dreamt of, I had some of the trades journaled, you know, years before, like, oh, I'd like to make $20,000 on the trade, $30,000 mm-hmm. on the trade. And this is like a period between like a day, two days or three days or so you're making like $30,000. You're making your, your yearly salary in, in a month. And I got to that point and it, it felt amazing it felt amazing but because i had also been in the struggle in the grind for so many years the uh the i was kind of like asking myself hey is this is this it is this it you know and a lot a a large part of the time you know like fridays done trading you live that trading lifestyle 
right? Mm-hmm. And you, which, you know, at the time for me, I was maybe like, what, like 20, 24, 25, uh, go to the club, you know, let's go to the club, let's pop bottles, let's spend a thousand dollars, you know, let's spend two grand, you know, let's, let's go to the finest restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. hang out with other, and it quickly became like repetitive and very much unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I started to notice the the passion is like, is this I like is this what I worked for for all mm-hmm. these years? Because it didn't feel as sweet as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe those are like other personal, like personal reasons, but I think for me, um, service has always been an important part of, you know, how I live my life. You know, a lot of my friends, you know, not to take pride in it or anything, they do come you know, to me for advice or like anything like they, they need. And a lot of people I spend time with, they are older than me. So it should be reverse, but mm-hmm. you know, like it's not. Um, and it's just the nature of like, like for me, I, I do, I like to help other people. So when I looked at my business and I looked at trading, it's like, what value am I providing for society, for the people around me when it's literally just me and my bank account every single day mm-hmm. you know like that's the fight you know and you get to a certain point when you're in survival mode you know these are things that are not going to matter to you you know if you're currently in a place of like you know you have a lot of debt you have um you know a lot of problems that you that money can solve uh these are not things that anyone in that position myself included is not going to consider Right. But once you get to a point where you 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 surpass that survival mode, you have more than you need. Right. And more than, you know, like whoever else you're responsible for needs, you start to have these thoughts of like, hey, like it's like what value are you are you providing? And you start moving differently, which is why I decided that I'm going to set up, you know, like a live free, live free effects, because trading as much as I love it, it just it wasn't. It, it need like you need to still find something that taps into um, almost like something in, bigger into, than yourself, right? Something that's not something just bigger, you. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Something mm-hmm. bigger than yourself. And I'm not gonna say I have found it. I ha- I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. But you know, I am one step closer. You know, with my brand, Live Free Effects, to help other traders, to help educate other traders um, who are coming into the market. You know, with the pitfalls. You know, help them start out, and you know, just not make the same mistakes because the the stupidest thing you can do in life is think you can make all the mistakes yourself right and that's one of the things that mm-hmm. i learned very quickly that made me just become like a, a super soaker for knowledge because it's like if you're gonna get to anywhere uh, you you need to learn from other people's mistake because you're not gonna make all of them right and and and, mm-hmm. and whatnot so yeah that's 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 uh that's really it but writing out your fears is one of those things that allows you to take big steps. Because when I wanted to start the brand, I was scared. I felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't good enough. And it was crazy because, you know, I had made more money on trades than some of the guys who had, you know, a massive following. And if you look at my YouTube channel right now, we're still growing, still don't have a whole lot of crazy, you know, following. But, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of, you know, like, things that I was doing, I considered myself to be beyond, you know, some of the guys on social media. Mm-hmm. But the, at the time, I wasn't putting myself out there because I was just like, well, I don't care. I'll just make my money and that's it. Until the desire to do more kind of like hit. And, you know, 
it's you're, you're going to be afraid that you're not worth it. You're not you're not good enough. You're, and, and it's like it, even though that's not true. So mm-hmm. writing out the fears is a great strategy. And I remember I used that uh, to like, OK, what's the worst possible thing that, you know, I can like that can that can happen. And you you, you write them down. And I looked at it and uh, till this day, I don't think any of them happened. Mm-hmm. You know, till this day with getting the website and the business, like is the, the our website or platform, the content we put out has been more than I even thought was possible. Mm-hmm. That's the funny thing. It's like I wasn't even afraid of not being good enough. It's like the 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 the, the way things happen and and the and and right now what we're working on it looks better than anything I could have possibly imagined at the time. So uh, never, you know, allow your fear to stop you from doing what you want to do, because at the end of the day, uh, 90% of the things we worry about don't end up happening. Yeah. And it's never going to be perfect too. I realized the first time I used to think like, you know, I got to make something perfect. I got to make my website perfect. I got to make the marketing perfect. I got to have everything in a row before you start. But I realized, um, I heard it from a couple of different places, but one of the places that it kind of stuck out for me, uh, another really good book, uh, I listened to the audio book, is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a biography actually called uh, Total Recall. He kind of named it after the the movie, uh, but he basically mm. just recalls his life, right? Really good book. And he basically talks about how the mindset that he had in uh, bodybuilding taught him to have discipline and a good work ethic when it came to being an actor and then he applied that same discipline and work ethic when it uh, became to politics and just how he be, he developed a, a very successful career in a variety of different um, avenues because of the same discipline. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says, he talks about analysis paralysis and he goes, uh, he actually, a lot of people don't know this, but he was actually a millionaire before he even got into acting because he took the money mm-hmm. that he made from bodybuilding and he invested that in early on in multifamily properties in um, California with, I think, mm-hmm. uh, not Lou Ferrigno, with uh, Franco Colombo. He was another like bodybuilder, right? And so they put their money mm-hmm. together, put in these complexes and uh, rented them out. And then over the course of his career, those properties paid for themselves uh, 10 times over. But he goes, he was at a mm-hmm. party, he talks about it in the book, where he goes, his real estate agent um, really successful real estate agent that um, was talking to him. He goes, oh, he goes, you bought this property, but weren't you worried at the time that the market was going to crash and this could happen and and you know this you know this could go wrong, that could go wrong. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. But he goes, you know what? If I would have probably known that, I probably wouldn't take action. So sometimes it's like it's better not to know everything. And sometimes you got to, you know, you do as much preparation as you can. You don't want to jump into something blindly, of course. But sometimes if you you have what this he calls analysis paralysis, where you hyperanalyze a situation, then you don't take any action. So I think sometimes some action is better than no action at all. And the nice thing about mm. the business, I find this for me, I don't know if, if you find it the same with you, but it's kind of like success with a business is kind of like shooting an arrow, but mm. you can move the arrow as it's in the air. You know, you can kind of mm. like, okay, I'm, I'm doing a little bit too much of this. I need a bit more of this. Um, you know, you, you can kind of tweak it. And there's no like, it, 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 the nice thing about about trying something is that if you if you do something, it doesn't work, just try something else. But I think so many I people, know. you know what I mean? Try to make things perfect. But, you know, the, the, I was reading an article a while ago where the CEO of, um, I think it was Bumble, she talks about, um, like we released Bumble and had tons of issues. But if we were trying to make it a perfect app, 
to uh, from the very beginning when we released it, we would have been like years behind and we would have never even gotten any market share. So sometimes you go and you figure it out along the way and it doesn't have to be perfect. So I think I think that's a key thing too to, for people that want to do their own thing is that like, it's not going to be perfect, but just make peace with that. You do the best you can. You don't want to obviously, you know, just, just do shitty work. Um, you want to have quality work and you want to do the best you can, but make peace with the fact that, you know what, it's maybe going to be 80% or 90% perfect. You're never going to have a hundred percent perfection, right? Absolutely. You know, definitely one of the things I agree with, um, for sure, for sure. Definitely. It's interesting. So tell about, so, so say for people, for, for you, Manny, that want to get started in trading, what would you be your advice to them that they like, what's, what's a good starting point? Like, is there stuff to read stuff to learn? Yeah. Um, it, you know, the, the one thing I, I, I always say is that, you know, find out the reason why you are, you want to get into trading, you know, like that's, that's the main thing, right? It's like, if you want to be a trader, is it like, is it something that you want because you want to live that lifestyle you want to live? Is the, is the lifestyle more attractive than the craft? Mm -hmm. Because that's something that you want to keep in mind because the journey is going to be very, uh, it's going to test you. It's going to test you. So uh, what I always say is that before you get into it, understand that trading is a craft. Disregard whatever you see on social media, uh, because that's not the reality of anything. <laughs> you know, like it's not social media is absolutely not the reality for anything. Any businesses, these guys were showing you Lambos, uh, Richard Mill, yeah, Rolexes and all this stuff. It's like if they, if you're looking at them from a trader perspective, they do lose. Right. Um, so understand that it's not going to be easy. Um, but if you are starting out and you're passionate, this is something that you want to do. Um, there are a lot of places that you can go online, you know, like to get started there, like research online before you start spending money on like, you know, buying courses. Yeah. I know this is counterproductive to even my business because it's, you want to promote. But like, that's the truth. That's how I feel. I feel like, you know, once you there are a lot of resources you can learn on YouTube, uh, you can learn on um you know like there there's uh if you're looking to get into like trade like my like the industry like forex or like uh like that what do you call it uh currency trading uh babypeps.com uh, is a good beginners platform if you go on my website live free effects uh like that's l i v e free.com uh sorry live free fx.com okay, um, cool. you will find a beginners a free beginners um you know like uh like guide to, that will kind of help you uh kind of jet pop, like jet start your overall trading experiences so we'll put the uh, link in the show are, notes too for everybody listening above of your site so i'll get yeah. that from you after man we'll put that in the show notes yeah yeah okay. for sure so so yeah definitely like you, you there's a lot of places that you can start but the most important aspect is the same way you do anything understand that in order for you to get the rewards that you want to get to you need to develop a certain level of mastery because it is a craft and it is a very uh, important craft. The other thing I would say is when you start out, pay attention to the psychological aspect, how you feel, how you're managing your emotions on a day to day, because that's really what trading is all about. Um, I would say 90% of traders lose in the market, not because they are not technically um, they're not technically adequate to trade. They don't fall more the so. 
they don't follow the plan yeah, because yeah. you know when money is in line they're like the the, the trading game is um goes like trading goes against our um goes against your primitive uh like your biological makeup and that's that's the reason why trading is a is is important to develop the psychological aspect because when there is money on the line you can't think straight you know it's it's like you can't think straight so um easily one of the things that's important is your amygdala so when a lot of people are faced with the pressure of making decisions when they have money on the line um, a part of our brain, uh, which is a very primitive part of our brain, it's called the amygdala. Uh, the amygdala is part of your limbic system, and it processes, uh, you know, fearful events. So, if a guy walks into your house right now with a gun, uh, your amygdala is literally going to process that event, and you're going to you're going to go into fight or flight mode. You're either going to attack the guy, or you're going to jump out your window. Right. And that was developed in primitive times where man had to survive and we had to face a saber tooth tiger uh, or, you know, other deadly animals around us. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was how our brain developed that. But in the market, that's still not gone. When a lot of people come into the market, they think that, oh, it's just risking money. I can make good decisions. You know, I've done it on my fake account or my demo account. You know, I know how to do this. But when you put money on the line, you're constantly dealing, your brain is processing that information the same way a guy holding a gun gun to your head or, you know, like a saber tooth tiger coming mm -hmm. at you from, you know, a distance. You're either going to fight or you're going to flight, you know, and the way to not let your amygdala get hijacked, it's by learning how to manage your breathing and just like easy psychological things. And these are things I've talked about, you know, in, you know, some of my videos on YouTube, uh, my psychology course on uh, at Live Free Effects. These are all things that will help traders like just learn because a large part of the industry right now is focused on, oh, how to use this perfect strategy to make, you know, the millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But that's not really what it's going to take for a lot of people. A lot of people need to learn how to manage themselves because a lot of people, a lot of traders who've been trading long enough are going to tell you, oh, if I could just follow my plan, I know I'll make yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, It takes discipline, but right? Not And discipline is words of, you know, like that a lot of people are just going to throw at you. But like discipline is a good word. You know, like if a trader told tells me, you know, it takes discipline, it doesn't take discipline. Discipline has nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. It's emotional management. Mm -hmm. It's learning how to manage your emotions. When someone pisses you off right now and e every ounce of you want to punch them in your face. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to take discipline for you to stop because it's completely, you know, discipline is going to the gym and working out, you know, and, and getting out of bed, you know, but when you're faced with a difficult situation where someone's holding a gun to your head or you're being attacked, you know, discipline has nothing to do with it, right? It's how you're going to manage that state. It's, it's fear management, right? That's really mm -hmm. what it is. Managing that fear. Because what's going to happen is when you get in a high pressure situation, your heart rate is going to increase. You're going to start, you're going to be fidgety. You're going to want to move around often because it's uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. traders, when they are faced with, maybe they've taken a loss. They've taken multiple loss. 
how are you going to deal with that? Because those are the symptoms your body and mind you're going to be feeling. So learning to calm yourself down, relax. It's a very like easy thing to say, but it is extremely effective once you do it over and over and over again. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I, think, I would say. I think for that it. technique there, that takes takes discipline. I know what you're saying with like, the, absolutely. The fear, you know what I mean, cause like even for me, sometimes yeah. I'm just listening to what you're saying. I try to apply stuff like that to even for customers. Sometimes there's a customer and they say something and I don't want to fucking rip their head off. I just want to like, you know what I mean? I want to just like start screaming and yelling at them, but I'm like, okay, this is not going to be the best path forward. If I start yelling and screaming or swearing at them, whatever it is, I'm, I'm not going to, it's not going to end in, in, in a, um, beneficial outcome for either of us, right? Uh, either sure. customer is going to be a hardball. Well, screw you. I'm not paying you. People get vindictive, whatever. So I think it's similar. It sounds like for this, where like, I'm curious for you now, like, how do you know, like, I know you were telling me before you wear like a heart rate monitor, like a smartwatch with like a heart rate monitor. So how do you know for you when you need to like, what are the signs that you know that you, okay, I got to walk away. I'm getting too emotionally uh, involved in this. I need to take a 20, 30 minute break, whatever it is. I know you have a couple of videos that you talk about. I'm just curious, like some quick points of like how, you know, when you've reached that point. Um, so, well, what I do actually is I, I, over the years, um, with trial and error, you kind of figure out you, because that's the one thing about trading is, uh, the goal is to figure out, you know, how is to figure out your personality. It teaches you a lot, a lot about yourself. And sometimes you don't want to, you know, that's the difficult thing. Facing yourself is, is hard. So if you are going to be a trader, that's something that you have to be prepared to do. And over my trading career, I just, you know, put a, a, a couple of things in, in, in plan that like I know works well for me. And mm -hmm. one of those things is I, I call it the strike rule. So okay. um, every single day I come to the market, um, I give myself three strikes, you know, three strikes. I have a 7.30 to 11 a.m. So I have about like, um, you know, a three to four hour window where I'm going to be taking, you know, my trades for the day. Right. And okay. if I take the first trade, it, you know, it doesn't go well. Okay. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Wait to see what the market's doing. Did I get it wrong on the direction or was I too early? Whatever it is. And you know, what's my expectation for the day? Like, am I expecting, you know, volatility in the market? Am I expecting the market to be moving well today? So days like Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, um, uh, there, those are powerful powerhouse days where there's a lot of liquidity coming into the market. Whereas Monday and Friday, the market's usually either setting up on Monday or dying out on Friday. So the conditions mm -hmm. tend to be very choppy and uh, not very decisive. So those days, um, I don't put too much on the table. So if I come in on a Monday, for example, I could take a loss and just walk away because it's a Monday. I know I have the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. If I have uh, if I come in on Tuesday, I look, boom, you know, place a trade, I lose, um, and, and I see, okay, you know, there's still the opportunity, I'll take it. If I take it, like if I lose the trade, um, then I'll take another trade. Uh, so that's three strike. After that trade, if I lose that trade for the day, you know, that's it. 
today is not my day. You know, three okay. strikes, boom. Like that's that's really not my day. And it fits in with my risk parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days it sucks because then you've taken your three strikes and you watch the market go in your favor. Uh, but for me, I just know that if I can't cut myself off, you know, there is absolutely no discipline. What's going to stop me uh, the next day from taking five to 10 trades? Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like a, a risk parameter that I just put on on myself. That way, I don't go into the concept of I got to make my money back. I need yeah. to make my money back. So yeah. learning over my my journey, my years is to be able to live with, um, to be able to live with just a loss. You know, you take a losing trade, just lose, just just it's just live with it. <laughs> you know, live with it, spend the day with it, and it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant trying to have a good day knowing that you just lost $1,000 for today or $500 for today. You know, the the pressure of coming to the market tomorrow is going to affect you. And for years, every time I would lose a trade, you know, instantly, bad day. Instantly. Like if I, if I, not necessarily instantly, every day I closed my, my trade with like a loss it was like it affected my mood so much because I didn't know how to control that emotion. So it was like a bad day because if I win, I'm happy. If I lose, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. So for like three years until I started to develop a certain level of maturity and because I didn't really like to let it dictate my 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 life like that, mm-hmm. I implement certain rules. So that's, that's kind of what I'd say. I know it's a long stretch. <laughs> Interesting. No, I like it. I think, like I said, a lot of what you're saying for me, I, I think I can apply and a lot of people can apply to their own life. Like for me, for business, I think even though we're in, like I said, different kind of um, uh, uh, businesses, there's a lot of the yeah. psychology that I think can be applied, you know? And like, like I said, for me, I know certain times that like, okay, I need to walk away from this customer or I need to kind of cool off before I send a, a really heated email and I think for me, I, I've known I've, I always regret the decisions I make when I'm emotionally heated. I never regret the decisions I make when I take, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes to just cool off and then mm. uh, uh, thoughtfully and tactfully um, uh, um, create my response. I think it's always better. I think like it's interesting how we are as humans, even though we're, we're very self-aware and we're very kind of um, – you know, philosophical, there's still certain parts of our brain that is very animalistic. And that, you know, like you said, fight or flight, when somebody does something, you know, bad to us, we want to like react in a certain way. And I think yeah. it's, um, I, I've always, I've always been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess more grateful to myself when I take that time as opposed to just jumping into it. Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting, man. Absolutely. Um, what else did I want to ask you? I got a bunch of questions here. Um, oh, we were talking a bit before we, we hit record about highs and lows in, in, in the seasons in the market. So I was curious is like you were telling me that there is a, a kind of like high seasons and low seasons. And I thought it was kind of just all year round. Um, so I've, I'm interested to hear more about like the, the, the slower times or the more profitable times for, for you in the markets and, and, and kind of that kind of thing. For sure. Um, I the, you know the market is uh, is like uh, for me it's it's a, I see it as a marketplace. You know I see it as a, 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 like transactions. You know where a lot of uh, businesses come to make transactions, uh, but not just businesses, countries. You know and countries also operate as businesses. 
So it, it's very, very, dis- like very similar. So, mm-hmm. you know, like right now we are in December, we're wrapping up the year, uh, walking into 2023. And um, things right now, just given the way businesses are going to operate right now, a lot of businesses are winding down, are planning for the new year. They've already put in plans, you know, to, um, to, to that, that's going to be taking place in the new year. So right now is very much like a downtime. Uh, there's, uh, you're still going to see movements in the market, okay. but a lot of the guys, if you look at like wall street, for example, they're spending time with your family, you know, probably till like mid January or so, um, you're going to start to see some, some like, you know, some, some pretty decent movement when the Christmas new years are all behind us. Other than that, um, when summertime comes, summertime, uh, the market conditions tend to be a little bit more choppier. So, you know, the winter months I like from like January to like June, you know, you're likely going to see like good movement, like markets volatile, it's moving well, there's, you know, not a lot, it's straightforward in terms of its pullback. Uh, it's it, for me personally, this is just my opinion, other traders might disagree. It's a lot easier to trade, whereas summertime is, uh, you know, like people go on vacation, people are traveling. These Wall mm. Street guys are in Hamptons or, you know, like they're taking vacation out, you know, somewhere with your family. Uh, so it's like there's not a, as much liquidity in the market. And when September rolls around, you know, there's a lot more liquidity in the market because everyone's kind of like back to work. The kids are back to school. So like you can see these little details in the market if you've been in there long enough. So to me, it's probably no different than most businesses. It's just like in terms of expectation, a lot of businesses, you know, pick up um, after the the, the New Year's. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of money being spent, you know, from like the economy standpoint. So guess what? The market picks up as well, right? Summertime, here or like it's everyone wants to have a good time sit outside have a beer you know work is not really the main focus right so you're going to feel that in the market as well not as much you know like because people are still working but it's not going to be the same as like the winter months where okay it's the new year we're trying to achieve our goals and you know we need to make some serious progress before summertime so yeah like that's 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 what i'll say uh you know from my standpoint so generally you know, uh, January uh, to like the summertime, those are usually uh, the best times, you know, that I very much enjoy trading. I'd say before that, like October till till like December. And, you know, once the December break is over and January break is uh, over, January to, um, you know, the, the summertime is usually the best times to be in, in the market. Interesting. And now do you use certain like exchanges? Like will you just do like, I don't know much about different. I know there's the TSX and the, and then the New York stock exchange. Do you strictly deal on TSX or is it a little bit different with currency trading? So, so the currency market, you know, we have brokers. So the currency market, you're going to have brokers. I'm not too sure um, if there are any exchanges. I may, it could be, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, we deal in brokers um, and broker, um, it's uh, a, a, an exchange and a broker. They sound very similar, uh, but they are very different. Uh, a broker is more like a middleman that is, um, you know, connecting uh, you to like that. That's connecting. That's in between buyers and sellers, right? Whereas an exchange is just connecting buyers and sellers, and they're not 
um, you know, involved in any sort of like trading against you, uh, which a broker will sometimes do. A broker will either place uh, a trade against your your client. So if you're coming in and they feel like, okay, you know, this person is not uh, a, a, a good trader, they're going to, you know, take the opposite sides of your trade. Whereas an exchange doesn't do that. An exchange is just a place that provides, um, you know, uh, uh, like buyers and sellers allows buyers and sellers to to come together and you know give them enough uh, liquidity for like pretty much where like someone can always take a trade because they're bringing the pairing a a buyer and a and a seller uh together if you know needs be so so yeah that's so we do uh we it's it's mainly brokers oh interesting and will you find for you just I, i thought of something else now as you were talking back to kind of like what you're talking about like, you know, the psychology of trading and, and I know you mentioned before, like revenge trading and helping avoid that. Do you find too, you'll have like on the, on the other side, like say you're having a really good day. Do you set yourself a cutoff too? Or you're like, okay, I've already made over and above what I was hoping to make today. I kind of step away or do you have a certain dollar amount that you're going to play with? And if that's lost, you step away or you kind of, you know, you base it more on the, on the, and if you're having like three strikes and then you kind of walk away. Yeah. So for me, it's, I never like to give, um, what's profit that I, I, I have made back. That's one that's where gotcha. it's $50, whether it's $500, $1,000, two grand, whatever it is, I don't like to give it back because mm-hmm. I know the market's also <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like to give it back either. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I have my three strike rule, but if I take a trade and you know, my, I usually, um, give myself multiple objectives. Uh, and this is something I started doing for my trading because I, I found it to be very helpful um, because I, I had some really bad, um, made some some bad mistakes when I first went full-time uh, because of greed, right? Like for example, um, I, I have, I remember this because I had it journaled on, on my trade. I had a trade up that was running, um, um, like 30, 39,000. I took the trade at like two, like a day and a half ago. Okay. And the market had moved like so much, like, like, yeah, like it moved like insane. Mm -hmm. And I was just waiting for it to hit my objective, which was maybe like, would have put it to like 40 grand or, or, or something. And it was like I didn't take anything from it. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up taking anything from it because I was waiting for the market to hit that objective, and the market didn't hit the objective. So I watched forty thousand dollars turn into a twelve thousand dollar loss. Wow, that's got to <laughs> so hurt. It was. It was. It, it, it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot and changed. You know the the because I I just like you know this is stupid. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't trade like this. This is not a way to trade. So now. Where the way I trade is more so, um, I, I look at the I look at the market, and I when I put my trade, I have areas where I am looking to get out, where I'm going to be scaling out. Gotcha. So let's say you have a hundred dollars on the trade, for example, um, which is <laughs> going from forty thousand to a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You have just for explaining and 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 what because most people are starting. That is what makes sense to a lot of people who are starting. A uh, hundred dollars, you you're 
you you're like maybe your objective is to make a hundred dollars from that trade and mm -hmm. you know as the market is moving in your favor right maybe gets to 50 or something right like whatever the market is already giving you that is the guarantee there is nothing else more guaranteed than mm -hmm. what you're seeing so for me i just pair that like philosophy with like te the technical aspect for example um knowing where buyers are coming in and where sellers are coming in and usually just use that to make my decision as to whether I'm going to be getting out of the trade um, there. So I have like three levels where I just take my profit. So, sure. yeah, so that's usually what I like, what I do like three times where I scale out to make sure I always take something out of the, the table. Right. So that's, that's usually how, how I do it. Um, yeah. Because in a yeah, way, it's kind of like the psychology. I imagine it's similar to. Obviously, it's 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 not gambling because you're, there's more skill involved, and it's not just like you're yeah. you know you're spinning the wheel and hoping it lands on red. Uh, but it, it's I imagine mm -hmm. it's it's similar in the psychology of gambling too. Where like you know I, I was never a big gambler. You know my father you know used yeah. to work for the Alcom and Gaming Commission, so he always would kind of scare me away from gambling. Um, for me, I'd rather put my money into something that I know is going to grow longer term, and that that's more fun gambling to me like an investment or whatever. Absolutely. But um, I know I've heard from people that have had addictions where it's like, you know, you, you lose a hundred bucks and you want to make that back. And I guess that's probably similar to revenge trading where it's like, oh, I, I got to make this back. I got to make this back. And it's having enough grace to give yourself uh, 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 permission to kind of fail. Like, like sometimes like, okay, it's not going to, you're not going to have days where you're always making, you know, 50 grand profit or whatever. You have days where you're going to lose. No. And I think it's more having, like you said, a long-term strategy so that you know you know that okay you know i today was a bad day that's okay it's within the game plan for the next two three years that i'm gonna have some of these bad days and and always going back to that kind of plan right absolutely yeah absolutely and and that's 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 it like it's that's the main that's the main thing just you're not gonna have a good day every day you know yeah. and and a big part of once you make that realization a big part of the job is showing up, you know, mm -hmm. showing up and showing up if you're you're having and showing up not to make up for your for your losses. You know, you're not trying to take a bigger risk showing up. It's you're showing up because things turn around. Right. If you are doing the same thing over and over and over again in terms of your approach, um, it, it, like, because a lot of traders, when things start to go sideways, they change their plan. Mm. They deviate from your plan and they stop doing the same thing, you know, even if it had given them like 10 straight wins. But now they're experiencing, you know, five straight losses. Mm. Oh, this must not be working. This must not be working. So they, they end up changing your, your approach and doing something, you know, completely different. And, um, you know, that kind of causes, you know, people to, um, to experience, you know, further and further losses. So a big part of it is just showing up, doing the same thing every single day. And, you know, like over a period of time, you're going to see that like, Hey, you know, like you, you are it, it, like, uh, things can change. Things can change very dramatically. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the thing. So things can change very dramatically, but as long as you're following your plan and, and you, you trust what you're following, you know, that's, that's pretty much all you do. You just show up and do the work. 
It's interesting. I think I need to adopt that more too, especially for, we were talking, I know, I think it was last week when we were working together, but about like the, the, um, the social media game. And it's something for me, like mm. for my business, I want to grow. Like, obviously I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. I like to grow that, but especially for, for my, for the renovation business, I want to grow that. And I think for me, yeah. sometimes it's hard to kind of, kind of like back to the bamboo analogy you were saying, the tree, it's like, I feel like, oh, you're posting, you're doing this stuff. You don't have any you know, viewers, you don't have people looking at stuff and it kind of sometimes gets demotivating. So I'm fine. I'm, I'm mm. curious to know how you stay motivated. And I guess it's probably part of your, your game plan that, you know, okay, it can, it's going to take a while to grow my subscriber base and viewers. Um, but then maybe, you know, a couple years down the road, you know, it's going to start to take off. So I find that's for me, one thing I gotta, I gotta kind of wrap my head around because sometimes it's, it's tough to stay motivated to keep posting and recording and all that stuff. So I'm curious how kind of you sure. deal with that. Funny enough, I got I got uh, got my buddy, a friend of mine, coming by um, right now to um, to we're gonna be going for a Kato coffee shop and just nice. working on some content ideas. And you know, for me, it's uh, I, I'm I consider myself extremely motivated and whatnot. But at the same time, you're not gonna feel motivated every time, and especially you know when you're working towards a goal. And it, it, sometimes you feel like you're, you're you have a better skill than other people who are blowing up or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever your reason is to wanting to start, you know, a, a business you want to give uh, you to, to get out there more. Um, it's not always uh, motivating to to put out a content and, mm -hmm. you know, one or two people view it and, you know, like whatever, because I, I know what it's like because I'm yeah. on YouTube now. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, the biggest, um, one of the biggest things is um, understanding that things take time. And it was, it's one of the lessons I've learned, you know, in the last year or so is that when it comes to, um, you know, wealth or whatever, like to do it, it takes time. You have to be patient with yourself. So whatever you're doing, whatever idea you're starting, let's say you have this podcast right now, you want it to be, you know, get maybe like a thousand to five thousand or ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollar listen within a certain period of time, you know, set it up and say, let's see where we're at in five years. Mm -hmm. You know, let's see where we're at in maybe three years is probably yeah. the minimum I'd say. And that's a tough but, thing too. I find even for me, like, like it's like most people, like, I'll be honest. I feel like that too. It's like, shit, like I gotta, I gotta do this for three years to really see results. But you know what? It's, that's realistic. Cause even if you think about like relating it to the gym, I, I find <laughs> going to the gym and working out and building your body has taught me so much about life. Like when you go start working out, if you're a slob and you haven't worked out ever in your life, don't expect to look like, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in two months. It's going to probably take you a mm -hmm. year, if not more, to build an impressive body. And I think like that, I need to remind myself sometimes that social media is like that. A business is like that. It's going to take time, like that bamboo tree. I'm going to remember that story now because that's a really good uh, a really good analogy. But it takes time for that to, to upfront work for you to grow. And then eventually you start to see the fruits of your labor, right? For sure. For sure. And there are going to be many days where you don't feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing It's like for me right now, it's like with life, you know, you have a daughter, you have a kid. These are all things that like, I'm, it, it, it takes an adjustment for you, you know, to, to get to like, you know, uh, some, sometimes I look at myself, I'd say to myself, like, man, am I still the same, you know, 
guy who was crushing it, like, you know, at 23 or whatever. Now I'm 27. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a daughter. And the answer is no, I'm not. You know, I'm not the same guy who's risking everything, putting everything on the line to 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 make a quick buck or, or whatever. Things change. You have to adapt. And what I do now is understand that, hey, um, you as an individual can get far, you know, by yourself. But if you want to go further, you have to surround yourself with quality people, people mm-hmm. who actually are not necessarily they think like you or because as human beings, we like to surround ourselves with the same people, with people who have, you know, similar opinions, uh, similar jobs, similar bank account. And to me, that's like, you don't you, that's there's no growth in that, you know, because all you guys are exactly the same. You're not learning anything from one another. Uh-huh. So it's like when you have a goal, surround yourself with people who can actually help you attain that goal, who can help you achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, that's one of the things I've I've done is like, whatever I do, when I first started getting serious about trading, I was partying, I was throwing parties a lot, you know, like have, you know, I was living on my own 18 years old, 19 years old, a lot of college kids didn't have that opportunity, because maybe they lived at home. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you lived on campus. So then you had some contact with some beautiful people, you know, so mm-hmm. it was it was always a good time. Yeah. But I realized, hey, you know, like that lifestyle, it's cool, but like, like, am I gonna be doing this? You know, all like I was partying like Thursday to Sunday. Yeah, you know, like it's like it's fun, but like I need to do something more with my life now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to do something more in my life. And all the people I thought were my friends, like, hey man, like I'm doing this business, let's grind. You know, even some of my like really close friends, where it's like you'd see me and you'd see them. It's like when I started trying to like go for more to get out of like my freaking $500 apartment that, you know, like, let's, let's, let's do something more. They weren't with it, you know, until this day, they still live at home with your parents, Yeah, (laughs) you know? So when you think about five years and what you are looking to accomplish, the one thing you have to understand is the time will pass regardless. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing. So uh, we, as human beings, we like to underestimate, um, you know, overestimate what we can achieve in one year. And underestimate what we can do in, you know, five to 10 year period. Yeah, you can absolutely. be the best in the podcast game, you know, within the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. That's, you know, and yeah, for me, honestly, it. I enjoy it. Like for me, I just, I love talking to part of the, the, the reason I started this with uh, my buddy Prash, he's, he's an Indian guy I went to high school with. He kind of stepped back a little bit from the podcast because um, he's got family stuff going on. He's got work stuff going on. So I kind of, you know, uh, picked it up. But I just love part of the, 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 for me, the theme of the podcast, I just love talking to other Canadians, people who have moved here, immigrated here, similar to my family, built something for themselves. For me, it's just like, it's so motivating because I think we're such a lucky country. Yeah, the States is similar, but we're different in a lot of ways too. And I think, um, the fact that we all have a little bit different cultural backgrounds is what makes us proud to be Canadian. And for me, I just love yeah. talking to other people that have been through that because for me, like I said, I'm very lucky. I was born here. I can't imagine, you know, kind of doing what you did, doing what my grandparents did, uh, like a lot of people's uh, parents and grandparents did where you get on a boat or a plane and you move to a different country to start over. Like for me, that just motivates me. And part of the the reason why I think why I'm, I'm so motivated to just kind of do something for myself and, and give my my family independence is because I feel like my my grandparents struggled so that my parents can have mm-hmm. a little bit easier life. 
uh, so that I could have a little bit easier life. And for me, it just it, it puts a fire under my ass to get up in the morning and do the best I can because uh, I feel like you know my, they put me in that position to to to, to kind of succeed. For sure, yeah. for sure, and and you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it, dude. Like you know, you have uh, the drive and you have the ambition. And you know, for me, it's it's nice to to know you know at, at your age because it's like like right now, um, 27. You know, like at your you're in your 30s, so it's like the a lot of people die at 25. Mm-hmm. You know, not physically, but from like an emotional. Um, they just like know, give up, right? They level. give up. They give up. Yeah. They give up. So you know, you still having that your your drive, your spirit. You know, looking to take control of your life and you know be the the commander of your your destiny is 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 extremely motivating. Mm-hmm. Is extremely motivating. Um, and I think there's there's a reward for that. And you just have to continue to go, continue to to to. And not let the comforts of life, which is something that I constantly have to remind myself, um, is is because so, sometimes it's better to work from a sink or swim position when you want to achieve something, your goals or your dreams, mm-hmm. because it really forces you to um, to make things happen. Yeah. And one of the things about like human beings is when you get in that position, most of you will realize like, hey, you know, there's a lot more power that you have within yourself to to actually accomplish that which you are seeking. But the reality is like, you don't want to live in survival mode for five, 10 years while you're trying to get to that, you know, like lifestyle or life that you want, because life is still happening right now. You still have responsibilities to have things that you got to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my thing is just like always keep going never let the the comforts of maybe a paycheck you know maybe a good job you know like to to get you sometimes it could be even making a lot of money mm-hmm. you know but just not how you want to make the money <laughs> you yeah. know like don't let that don't let that stop you so that, that's pretty much all i'd say yeah. uh but I, i'm pretty um i got like maybe like 10 more minutes yeah my no problem we'll, we'll wrap it up because uh i usually try to yeah. keep the podcast to an hour anyway so this is perfect so uh yeah yeah so um one of the other things i wanted to get your your feedback on too um is um because you have a little bit more knowledge of the space than i do is the whole uh kind of ftx scandal that that took place um like i for me i i'm being a, a advocate of crypto and I love crypto, um, I, I it's embarrassing and I think it was embarrassing for a lot of people in that space because it kind of sets 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 the industry back I think a while now and it just you know it's similar to like people saying oh see crypto now is like a scam blah 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 but I see it as kind of like you know like like you, have, you just because for example you had um, I'm trying to think of, oh Enron for example Enron was a shady company that that screwed over mm-hmm. a lot of people. Bernie Madoff was running a shady operation. It doesn't mean the whole stock market's shady. I mean, you have a couple bad characters, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that ruin it and 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 puts a bad taste in people's mouth. And we'll recover. It'll take time. But I'm just curious, like, your your feedback on that situation. Do you think um, he's going to go to jail? Do you think uh, he's going to get proper kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fines or whatever? Because he, he seems to be a pretty powerful guy. Like, his parents are, like, politicians. And it's weird. The way that the media seems to be covering it, it seems like they're not they're not going too hard on him, so I'm curious how how, no. how you think it's going to play out. I, I mean, I'd be I'd be surprised if they do go go really hard on him, you know, because the reality is like, 
a lot of people say that the whole FTX thing, that's the, uh, you know, like nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. Oh my God, nobody saw this coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, personally for me, I don't believe that, you know, I don't believe that because, you know, it's, 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 I, I think to some degree that is the standard in the industry. What he did was not, um, you know, was not, uh, 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 a, a new thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't new, and it's ne it's not new at all. Um, he just over leveraged himself aggressively. Mm -hmm. But when you come into the concept of like, because a lot of people are like, oh my god, like the 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 money that like clients' money that were deposited into the account, you know, were being used for other investments, uh, and and um, you know, for his other company because he owned another company as well, um, and. Like that to me is the standard in the industry. Like a lot of other firms are doing that. A lot of other exchanges are doing that. Maybe not as big as him. And when I when I talked about the uh, the brokerage, for example, uh, a broker uh, versus an exchange, whereas a broker is a middleman, um, where an exchange just kind of like pairs you up with a buyer and seller. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm brokers also. I'm sure legally. Uh, maybe they're not supposed to take client money out of the account to make investments. But a lot of these brokers are set up in like Belize, Cayman Islands. You know, like you, you don't get away think with that, that shit. Yeah. They get away. And yeah. a lot of them are like the ones who are set up here in New York. They're a lot more regulated, um, you know, and sometimes they could even have a house, you know, here. But, you know, their, their, their setup is your operation is governed by like a Cayman Islands or whatever. So, it just means that like so sometimes if they, they are here, they may not be able to give you like a lot of leverage or whatever. But a lot of brokers are making investments with your money. When you put your money into a brokerage account, that money that you put into that account is not you like it's, it's paper money. There. They, yeah, yeah. It's just it's sitting there. It's yeah. paid they they credited your account with paper money. The money that you sent them has gone into your bank account. Yeah. That's your business bank account. That's where it, that's that's where the money is. Your money is not in your trading account. Now, if you make enough money to request, you know, a trade like your 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 to to request that you have your investment back or to to withdraw, then you can start to look at okay, they'll they'll credit your account or they'll send you the money from the bank account. But you know, like, are you going to be monitoring what they're doing with all the clients' money? So so to me, it's like what he did wasn't new. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was just one of the biggest exchange and had one of the biggest credibility in the business. If a smaller exchange or a smaller broker, which, you know, brokers like people who set up brokerage, they've been caught for doing that before. Okay. You know, and I know some people, you know, personally who've done made that mistake in my industry mm -hmm. and they quickly realized like, hey, you know, it wasn't people's it, it was like people's money. They were like literally crediting your account with, mm -hmm. you know, like fake money. So a lot of brokers do that, but no one's really been caught. So a lot of people saying that like, oh, nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. That's because it's the standard. You just don't want to get caught. Mm -hmm. You know, like nobody just wanted to get caught. So I personally don't feel like they're going to be making an example out of him, you know, especially with him saying publicly, like how much money he has in his bank account, which is bullshit, <laughs> you know, excuse my language, you know, but I think that personally he has, you know, a lot of, you know, money uh, set aside 
uh, like if you are going to be doing making risk like that, you're probably going to have money set aside. But of course, um, yeah. in terms of how hard they're going to be going at him, I, I personally don't know, but I know he's not going to be coming out of this broke. I think <laughs> that's you're right. just my. I think you're right. Like even look at the people like from the 2008. Like I don't know much about it, but from even you know what the whole big short movie was about the 2008 financial crisis where the banks got bailed out. Those CEOs still fucking walked away with uh, you know hundreds of millions of dollars. So yeah, the companies right. went bankrupt, but they were okay. And I think it's it, it just makes me angry. And I think unfortunately. I, I want to believe it. Yeah, this is the last time something like this could happen. But you know what? It's not. It's going to be, you know, you had this with Bernie Madoff. You had this with Enron. You had this with the 2008, the banks getting bailed out and over leveraging, you know, mortgage-backed securities and stuff like that. And I think for me, what I take from, from this situation is that, you know what? Protect your money. As a small guys, the small guys always get screwed. Like the the, the, the individual investors, the retail investors. Um, so just yeah. protect your money. Take your profits off the table sometimes, and and especially with crypto, um, like you know the one number one rule is like don't keep your money on the exchange because there's been so many exchanges over the past decade that have gone bankrupt uh, because people have there was one Quadriga it was a Canadian exchange there was one called Mount Gox in Japan that went bankrupt so it's like part of it's like yeah of course what this guy did was wrong but it's like guys you gotta people gotta be smart and and use their head um, because this is this is probably going to continue to happen. Um, the one silver lining, I think, is that hopefully this causes for a little bit more government regulation, which will be good because crypto is like, even though it's been around like a decade now, people are still a bit skeptical of it. It's like, okay, is it real? Whatever. Um, but I think now, hopefully with with government getting more and more involved and big companies like, you know, Tesla buying crypto and, uh, you know, Mike, there's a guy, Michael Saylor, he runs a company called um, MicroStrategy. They even, he's invested hundreds mm. of thousands of dollars in, in Bitcoin. So I think as more the masses get involved and these big companies get involved in crypto, it's going to help regulate it even more and more. But it's, it's similar to the early days of like the internet. I remember when, you know, the internet kind of came out and you have all these companies that came up overnight, like, you know, pets.com, for example, and then they went bankrupt within like six months. It doesn't mean the <laughs> internet's bad. It means there's a couple bad players that don't know what they're doing or trying Not to help people. Exactly. Right. And I think that's how people need to look at it. I personally um, when I first involved, got involved in crypto um, was probably five, five, six years ago. It was a buddy of mine. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast. He's, he's a really smart guy. He kind of got me involved in it. And um, now seeing it like being, okay, 10 plus years and crypto is still around, that for me strengthens it. It means like, okay, this thing's probably not going anywhere. It's probably here to stay, which means it's probably just going to get more regulated and when the government just finds a way to make some money off of it, similar to like booze or weed or whatever, that's when you start to see it explode. So I'm hoping that, you know, in mm -hmm. the long run, this is, this is a good thing that people see, okay, you know, this is kind of like, uh, like, like a hammer. You can use a hammer to build a house. You can use a hammer to smash somebody's head in. It doesn't mean the hammer is wrong. It means it's the person, sure. how they use the hammer. Right. So, uh, so sure. we'll see, man. We'll see. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I think uh, that's pretty good. Uh, we 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 recorded for an hour and a half. Um, thank you so much, dude, for being uh, being on. I really appreciate it. It was lots of lots of good information. And uh, yeah, one last time before for everybody, I'm gonna put in the show notes, but maybe just uh, put your link to your site there if anybody's interested in in getting started with trading or learning. They can get, give you a visit. Yeah, for sure. You can find me first on our YouTube. Uh, you know, it's uh, Live Free Effects. So uh, it's L I V E 
and then free FX. So live free effects, uh, you know, we're trading and psychology brand, uh, but just also like, you know, I, I share a lot of like personal development stuff there too, just things to like, you know, help. Uh, especially, you know, if you're between the age, you know, of 20 to 30, uh, you know, like, like just, yeah, like you, something you can relate with. If you are older, 30 to 40, there's still lots of things for you to take out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. And especially as we're going into the new years, I'm going to be ramping up on, you know, the content that we deliver. And uh, most importantly, the quality of the content that we put out. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, if you're interested in, you know, starting out in terms of your trading uh, courses, uh, you know, we have trading courses on our um, on our platform, liftreffects.com, uh, which you can, you know, you can put on your smartphone or on your laptop, check it out, see, you know, how that will impact you. We're giving out a free uh, trading course or start a course, uh, you know, called Forex 101 that would give you a little bit of the, um, the, the 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 starting uh, knowledge of you know like the trading market you know how you know what is it and and all the things to kind of uh, if you're going into a new industry you need to at least know um, you know the the origins and all the things that like how how it came about uh, but you know how to get started uh, those information like that so we cover that in in that and I have other like advanced courses as well but those are um or pay all paid so depending on where you are in your journey uh you know there's something uh for for everybody so definitely uh you can feel free uh to check it out and uh yeah awesome awesome well brother thank you again man I uh, really appreciate it we'll definitely get you back on again in the near future but um yeah thank you everybody for listening and uh we will uh catch you uh i'm gonna try to do another recording soon but uh um, i'm not exactly sure but we'll we'll figure it out but um anyways man have a great new year's thank you again for being a part of the podcast and uh yeah we'll talk soon dude awesome awesome have a good one mike (laughs) rob (laughs) have a good one rob thank you for having me of course man (laughs) okay talk soon ciao